Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. So if you came here for a very long message, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sure... I'm sure you're all disappointed, <laughs> but tonight I'd like to give honor to God uh, for using me. So honestly, without God, I, I wouldn't be here uh, without his patience in me and working in me all these years. I don't know. I don't want to think about where I would be. I give honor to pastor in our ministry team. Uh, They are constantly ministering and laboring in the Word of God. And I'm not up here too often, but I do understand how difficult it can be to try to put something together. And uh, I just respect them all the more. And I know it's, it it is, they labor in the Word and I give them honor for doing it. I give honor to my wife and daughter. They are my greatest blessings just to have them and see them and I, I thank God every day for them. They're, they are absolutely great. I'm going to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 and 10. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses and layman's terms. I am thankful for all the bad things. For Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then am I strong. Tonight, my title is Strength and My Weakness. Help me pray here tonight. God, we love you and we praise you. Thank you, Lord, for this chance to be in your house. God, we want to be in your presence, Lord. I pray anoint my lips, God, my mind to minister your word. Lord, it's not by my talent, my abilities that I am here, but Lord, it is solely by you. Speak through me, God, and speak to this congregation. Those that are here, those that are listening through Facebook or podcast, God, let your word reach them, God, and do the work that you have tended for it to do, God. And Lord, we will give you the glory and praise for it all. In Jesus' name. You may go ahead and be seated. One defining note of humanity is not so much the things we accomplish and what we do. It's also what we are lacking and that we fall short. I'm only human is a phrase to capture the point that we naturally have many, many flaws and shortcomings. Nobody's perfect. I'm only human. You hear these things all the time, and it always follows somebody's shortcoming. I don't hear anybody ever claiming I'm only human as like a really good thing. And I would say in most cases for people, we are going to focus on the negative part of, part of ourselves more than the positive. We typically need reassurance 
that who we are is good enough. Even people that are arrogant and smug, usually if you look deep, you're going to find they are very insecure and very aware of they are flawed in some way. Even professionals, professionals of anything, that have achievements, awards, great recognition, they are going to see their weaknesses and their flaws and their technique and their craft, whatever it is that they do. And recognizing your flaws and your shortcomings, it it can be an asset, but it can also be what kills your profession if it's all you see. Most people give up their dreams because the focus is on what they can't do and can't accomplish rather than on what's possible. Millennials and younger generations are absolutely notorious and being well-known for being victims and dependent for everything. I myself am a millennial. I am very aware of the criticism of my generation and it's accurate. It's, it's accurate. Uh, I don't see, I don't hear too often of someone talking about how great things are. It's always complaining about what they don't have and how unfair life is. Or even how we have it harder than past generations before us. We believe that some reason, somehow, we are unique from people that are older than us and come from previous generations. We're focusing on that we don't have something. We don't have access to something. We make excuses to be less than our potential. Victim mentality is the trend of generations today. It is a terrible cancer that has claimed many potentially great accomplishments. And it personally rubs me wrong when people don't try to grow or improve themselves as they live their lives. I don't even care how you improve yourself or grow, just that you're doing it. I hate to see someone just sit there and I I can't do anything. Woe is me. I've got A, B, and C excuse. It's just growing something. Pet peeve. (laughs) The victim mentality is a cancer I wish would just be wiped away and done with because it's a cancer that it spreads and it grows and it eats away and it changes and it's, It's a terrible thing. I have seen and I have read of real victims crippled in some ways by some form of weakness in their body or in their mind rise up and accomplish amazing things, showing us that if you want it badly enough, you can achieve something. One young man in his 20s, Smiles Taylor, has cerebral palsy that he can't really control what he does too well and his neck is usually like this. He barely weighs 120 pounds and he looks like it. But he is a power lifter. He competes in powerlifting, and he is inspiring thousands of people every single day. I've even watched him win a competition by hitting all nine of his lifts and winning awards for it. It's not that he lifted more than somebody else. It's just that every attempt, he succeeded because he pushed himself and he tried. And it's a, that's an achievement, winning all nine that most normal, healthy people usually fail at. 
They may hit one or two, but it's rare they're going to, bam, all nine, hit it out of the park like he did. The one-legged monster is another power lifter who is, surprise, missing a leg. Uh, and he is still lifting hundreds and hundreds of pounds and wins competitions. There is also a man with one good arm and one shriveled dead arm. It just kind of hangs there. It doesn't do anything. And he competes in strong, man, and he does really well. He is much stronger than I am with my two good arms because I'm still learning Atlas Stones. I can't only pick up so much with two hands. He's picking up more than that with one arm from the ground. I'm like, my, dear Lord, that is <laughs> when you want something, you, you can. There are people in their 90s running marathons, pushing their aged body and showing younger generations it's possible to still do things when you're old. Single parents working full-time jobs are getting college educations. They're showing their children not to surrender to your circumstance. There are people who have weaknesses or shortcomings or disadvantages that are rising up in strength because their weakness was what, not what defined what could be done. They have battled physical and mental barriers, scorn and doubt from society, family, friends, but still they have risen up in strength. They have accomplished what they were told could not be done in their circumstance. Where society said, no, it can't. There's too much weakness, too much disadvantage. You're a victim. They are displaying strength in spite of that. God himself is not known for working and moving how we believe he ought to. When we look at creation, we find God calling the evening to the morning, from night to day. The first day, instead of going from morning to evening. That's kind of backwards from how we would expect. We see God using the foolishness of preaching to put to shame the wisdom of the world. Rather than blowing us away with great, dignified, godly wisdom, he uses the simplicity of preaching just from men and women, just standing behind a pulpit, Maybe nothing special about them. Preaching the word and doing amazing things. The Jews expected their Messiah to come and decimate their enemies, save them from Rome. Instead, Jesus came as a lamb and died like a common criminal at a, on a cross to save all of us from sin, not just the Jews from the current oppression. The human race is very, very good at doubting God and putting limits on what we believe he can or will do. Not just what he can do. You can believe he can do all things, but will he? We act like we know better than him and that he ought to follow our plans. In the weakness of our flesh and the finite capabilities of our minds and our experiences, we put weakness in the place of God's strength, telling him what he can and can't do through us. If you were to get into a fight, but you were able to choose someone to substitute for you, would you choose a professional MMA fighter, the world's strongest man, a Navy SEAL, 
or Landon Johnson to fight for you. <laughs> now, as logical as it would be to choose someone large or a trained special fighter, God used a average mere shepherd boy to kill a giant warrior, someone trained, someone professional, someone that did this for a living, but God used a shepherd boy, David, to kill that giant and eventually become the king of Israel. He was a boy, the Babel basically, and the way I see it, described him as like a pretty boy, calling him he had beautiful features, not the rugged, tough, but beautiful features. He was the youngest brother who was not really respected. He's just out there. He was kind of overlooked. Yet he was the man God used to take down the enemy that was holding back the entire army of Israel. God moved through what people saw as weakness and inability. God's strength was manifested through David to bring victory. A poor widow woman with only enough oil and meal to cook one last meal for herself and her son was used to provide nourishment for God's prophet. Anyone in their right mind is not going to ask some poor widow woman for a bite of her last meal before she dies. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what happened. And in her lack, God's provision and faithfulness was shown. The small amount of oil and meal that woman had never ran out. Her lack of resources was where God chose to move. Because God could have sent his prophet to someone rich. That would have been easy. Hey, go to this guy's house. He has millions of dollars just sitting around doing nothing. He can definitely provide a nice cozy room, good food. But instead, God sent him to that poor widowed woman to get food and shelter. It was absurd. Logically, it's crazy. But God uses our lack to show that he is still a provider. In the New Testament, God took ordinary, rough, and detestable men and made them disciples. They were tax collectors, fishermen, Men of lower degree in society, maybe not the worst people you've ever met, but no, nobody's special. You just kind of overlooked them. They had nothing going for them to cause anyone to see potential in them. Yet the gospel of Jesus was spread through these men. Churches were started by these men. Miracles were done through these men. The men who were criminal-like, a tax collector, I mean, Basically, blue-collar workers, nothing special about being a fisherman, uh, or super religious in the wrong ways. Maybe too blunt and rough speaking. They were who God's glory was chosen to shine through. What religious society saw as failures or incapable and weak in the aspect of religion were the ones that God's strength raised up in to do great things for the kingdom of God. And because of these men, these unordinary base men, we have the gospel recorded in four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, 
we have the beginning of the church record the book of Acts, and we have the epistles showing us how to live godly lives, and we still have that today, 2,000 years later. These unimportant men of society were the ones God chose to use in boldness and glory. As people, human beings, we have this terrible habit of seeing our weaknesses and what we lack and allowing it to define us. Even with numerous examples through the history of the word, telling us that God shines brightest through our weaknesses and our imperfections, we still limit him and what he's willing to do in us. I'm too shy to teach or preach. I can attest to that. Never, ever imagined myself up here. But God nudged me out of my comfort zone a bit and a bit more. And here I am. (laughs) But maybe it's I can't afford to donate money to the poor. I'm terrible with words. And I can't share the gospel with people. I'm not making money like I used to, so I can't pay my tithes this month. I'm older now, so I can't worship like I used to or really be relevant to this generation to help show them the way and how to pray and worship God. I'm not a very good singer, so I can't join the choir. I'm too young, and people probably aren't going to listen to me when I try to talk about Jesus. I'm too unqualified to be a minister of some kind. I can't. I'm unable. I'm scared. I'm old. I'm young. I'm poor, I'm jobless, I'm insecure, I have anxiety, I'm crippled, I'm busy, I can't speak very well, I'm not smart enough, I don't have very much faith, I don't have experience, I've got bad habits or a bad past, I keep getting tripped up on things. You know what dad, my dad taught me? I love it. (laughs) Can't, can't, because can't, don't want to. (laughs) A lot of people hate me now because I say that too often. But (laughs) you can't do it because you're too focused on how you're weak instead of on how God is strong. Light cannot shine through a whole and perfect vessel. If you take a clay jar in perfect condition, put a light in there, put a lid on it, you're not going to see anything. You're never going to know there's something in there. But when that jar is cracked and not whole, has pieces missing, it is broken, it is weak, that is what the light shines through. God's strength is not going to be seen in our strongest assets. He can and does use the best parts of us. He will use our talents, our abilities, and he will make them even greater. But his strength will be manifested through our weaknesses. Because when someone is not a good speaker, when they're terrified to be in front of people, and you see them up in front boldly proclaiming the word, that's God. That is not that person. That is God. Because they could never do that beforehand. It's God. 
our musicians can go ahead and come up. I apologize for being so lengthy. <laughs> if we go back to our, our scripture text, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10. And he said unto me, this is Paul writing, the Apostle Paul. This is what God said to him. My grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. And then Paul says, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities and my weaknesses and what I lack and my sickness and whatever you may have. That the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and in reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. And it's not because you somehow get some kind of superhuman strength rising up inside of you of your own self. But in your weakness, in your brokenness, God is using that. His strength is shining through that. You can go ahead and stand. The Apostle Paul learned that it was the parts of him he considered broken that God moved through in the greatest ways. All of us are broken vessels with weaknesses and shortcomings. We're all human beings. It's a fact of life. But it's because of that that we can be sure that God can and will use us so greatly and mightily. And as Brother Mason leads us in song, let us praise God in our weaknesses, knowing we are exactly what he can use to show his glory to this world. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.